Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. I'm your host, George Kirk, joined by the one and only Cody Roadcap. Cody, how's Street Lid doing this week? Doing pretty good. Looking forward to two opportunities to come home with a fantasy championship. I hope you guys had a great week and are going to join me and hopefully celebrate some championship wins. I am joining you in one league, Cody, and it's against your girlfriend. So I am sorry if you have half of a disappointed household over there because I want my championship. Correction, <laughs> my fiance. My bad. No, I'm going to at least get that right because if you beat her, <laughs> my life is going to be miserable. Um, so please don't. I feel like there is a common theme between my team and another league, your team, the team I'm facing. You're either have Cooper Cup this week or you're playing Cooper Cup this week. So maybe let us know which one on the side you're on. Uh, we actually should have prepared a little bit more for this show and gone through and showed some of the top owned percentage of people in uh, fantasy championships because there's almost always a correlation. Uh, but some people like Jonathan that's Taylor kind of... owners did not fare too well last week. So <laughs> uh, that's true. A little bit of a down week. I mean, you started double digit points, but just not what you were expecting. Uh, and I think we're going to talk a little bit later uh, in the year after we wrap up this week and, you know, the people that still do it wrong next week and play their championships the last week of the season. Uh, but we'll go back and look and see who has some of the, the most the best performances, who carried you to championships um, and stuff like that. George, I'm going to take over, do a little bit of hosting because I'm the one talking and I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, so what to expect on the rest of the today show? We're going to do some NFL news, George's favorite segment, quotes of the week and do some waivers i know waivers have run we got the shot a little bit later than than normal with the holidays so we're going to convert that into streams but make sure you still check your waivers for anyone that might have slipped through the cracks as always you can find us on twitter instagram facebook at the couch gms or on our websites thecouchgms.com but george let's get into some nfl news cody seamless hosting job there way to get us right in here in the NFL news and big news is some positive COVID news and it's not just players coming off of the COVID list it is new rules about quarantining I don't know if any of you guys heard the CDC changed up the rules that they follow mostly changing quarantine rules for anyone who tests positive from 10 days down to five the NFL and NFLPA have followed suit even unvaccinated players now can come off the list after five days if they are not experiencing any more symptoms. They say that the transmission rate of the virus goes way down after the five days. So there's example like Carson Wentz just went on the list on Tuesday. He would have been out because he is unvaccinated. He now has a chance to play this week. So that is a big deal. It is now going to mean that most people who miss games for COVID will have tested positive later in the week. Yeah, that's it's good news, um, not just for the NFL, but good. it seems like hopefully knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on your car, steering wheel, knock wherever you're listening to this podcast. But we're getting some better news uh, with this whole pandemic. I know numbers are going back up, uh, but it appears the newest variant, the Omicron variant, again, not a doctor, but it does appear that it's being less severe. The symptoms are being a little bit more mild, easier recovery. So that's why we're seeing some of these trends. And hopefully they trend in that direction and don't go back to what we've dealt with the last uh, couple of years. But yeah, it should be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, it's also a good reminder that, you know, the NFL has a policy in place that night for the next 90 days after testing positive and you returning, you don't have to 
continue to be tested. Uh, so a lot of these teams that, you know, are getting hit now, you know, I use the Chiefs, for example, they lost Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill last week. Well, their 90-day window is now past the Super Bowl, so you don't have to worry about those players missing the big games. Um, so that is definitely something to keep in mind, too, as we move forward with these ever-changing. I feel like every week there's a new update to the status, and we'll be sure to keep you updated if there's any new changes to the rules and how things work uh, COVID-related throughout the NFL. Definitely, because we know most of you guys that play fantasy through the regular season will still play daily fantasy through the playoffs or do some playoff challenges and stuff. So we'll still be here giving you some advice on this or that. I think now uh, we can move off of COVID for the moment and move to running back injuries. First off, we'll start with the Eagles. Story of the season, yes. Uh, There were three big ones this week. We'll start off with Miles Sanders. I know there's some situation where Miles Sanders was really starting to sneak back into people's lineups. Um, And he was performing well again before he left the game with a broken hand. That is normally, I believe I heard anywhere from two to six week injury, depending on the severity. He is out definitely this coming week. So if anyone has him in a redraft league, he is droppable now, um, but it's a tough blow for somebody who is finally coming together in Sanders, and we'll see if the Eagles even get him back to the playoffs. Well, the Eagles have to make the playoffs, but it is worth noting that they did. They already said they're not putting him on IR because they're hoping it's closer to the two weeks and they can get him back uh, either next week against either the final game of the season or the first round of the playoffs if they are able to make it. The other news, Daryl Henderson, he has had a rough stretch at the end of the season. He was a solid pick in the running back dead zone for anybody that picked him up. That has not helped you at all in your fantasy playoffs. He was injured. Then he went on the COVID list. Then he came back from both, and then he got injured again. And this time he's headed to the IR. He'll be out three to five weeks. They're hoping they can get him back for the playoff run since the Rams have clinched. Uh, They're also expecting to get Cam Akers back. And Sony Michelle has been a dude balling out in the month of December. So, Henderson might get lost in transition. We'll see how that goes. I, I know Sonny Michelle, I believe his contract's up. We'll see if they keep him, maybe move on for Henderson moving forward, but we'll keep you up to date uh, with his injury as we look ahead to next year in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, and I mean, that big backfield is very interesting coming into next year with the whole Cam Akers and all of that, but um, James Robinson is another running back who – did you actually go through this? I feel like I blanked because I was going to something. I was going. No, I did not go through the. It's okay, George. Okay. George had a. See, this is what fantasy does to you. You you work so hard, you put so much energy into it. You get to the end of the season and you just need a break. Well, we're not taking yeah. breaks here on the couch DMs. George may have forgot what he said, but we're I'll, talking James Robinson. I'll take over Another... James Robinson here because I have I know what I'm going to go for here. I just want to make sure I wasn't do- you know doubling up here for the fans. Um, James Robinson's done for the season. He tore his Achilles at least partially in that game last weekend. And what I was going to say is we talked about Jonathan Taylor, not having a good week. I have a league where I get knocked out last week, having Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson as my starting two running backs. So it was rough. (laughs) And I'm sure if you made it to your fantasy championship with that, with James Robinson still on your team, good luck to you this week. We're going to help you out, but that was bad. Yeah, definitely a tough blow. Another running back room that would be interested heading into the 2022 season because they had lost first-round pick uh, Travis Etienne during the uh, offseason program. So we'll see what he gets back. will be a new coaching system in place. And, you know, normally an Achilles, you'd think this late in the season could affect him starting next year. But if Cam Cam Akers Akers (laughs) says, "Mm -mm." so we'll see how 
how well James Robinson can recover. He is a good, very underappreciated uh, running back, you know, but I did hint a little bit on the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching search Tuesday, the interview request window open for new head coaches and the Jags were sending out requests left and right. They requested interviews with former coaches, Doug Peterson and Jim Caldwell. They asked for the Buccaneers offense and defensive coordinators, Todd Bowles and Byron Letwich. Same with Dallas and Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, along with Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus and Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Quite the list they asked on the first day. Is there any name that pops out to you that you think would make a good fit and make the the Jags be like a team, not just for fantasy, but for uh, moving as a team and as a whole moving forward? Um, I have two leaders on this board. Uh, The first one might be some home bias, but I think Doug Peterson would be a good fit down there. I think he's somebody who could bring a little bit more of a normalized culture down there, which is kind of weird to say because he was left with a mess in Philly, but I don't think a lot of that was his fault. I think there was a lot of front office drama there. So I like Doug Peterson because he is a Super Bowl winning coach. That would be a big land for somebody with the Jags. And then my other would be bringing home Byron Leftwich. I think he has really proven that he is a solid coordinator in this league. He has a chance to be a head coach, and he's going to get interviews with teams other than the Jags this offseason, I have no doubt. So I think bringing Leftwich home would be a really fan-friendly move for the Jags as well. Yeah, I think Leftwich would, would make a ton of sense, you know, bringing a guy that played for your organization back as a head coach, um, get some fans excited about that again. I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to play a big role into that. So they're going to look for guys that, you know, can develop quarterbacks, which Byron Letwich has done a pretty good job with uh, in Tampa Bay. I know you're going to be like, well, he hasn't, he had Tom Brady. Uh, he did help a little bit with the, you know, say what you want about Jameis Winston. He did throw 30 touchdowns. Yes, he threw 30 interceptions, but he did help with a little bit of development there. He, he got has Tom after that. <laughs> he's worked under Bruce Arians. He's seen what it'd be a winning head coach. Uh, but I was getting to Kellen Moore. I think it'd be a sneaky addition right there. You've seen what he's done with the Cowboys offense. I think he would move right into being a play caller, a young coach that, you know, a lot of people know former quarterback would be a great fit with them. And then the I, name... actually everyone that we've said so far has been former quarterbacks really. So like, look at that. Well, that, that is true. Uh, <laughs> The name I do want to mention also, and I hope he doesn't end up getting hired. Like, I I hope this guy succeeds. I just don't want to lose him quite yet. But that is Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. I don't know how the interview is going to go because he was on their staff with Blake Vortles when he went to the AFC Championship game. And then, like, four games in the next year, he got fired because Doug Marone should have been let go and not the offensive coordinator, but they blamed Nathaniel Hackett. So, like, does the interview – is it like, hey, Nathaniel – uh, I know this this might be a little awkward. We scapegoated you uh, for a previous head coach, but the last two haven't worked out. Uh, so we thought about maybe bringing you back. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, is that how the interview is going to go with Nathaniel Hackett? Like, I'm very interested to see how that one plays out as well as a guy that they fired uh, just a few seasons ago now potentially being their head coach. Now I know, like, they have to request with the team that um, these coordinators are on to request like a head coach. Does the fact that they come up on this list mean they've already um, accepted an interview or could Hackett still come back and say, no, I don't want to be with you guys. You guys already got rid of me once. That's a very good question. And I wish I knew the answer (laughs) to that. I think it's just request. I guess it could be, he could decline the interview. Um, I don't think the team can decline the interview because it's a promotion. 
Uh, I think that's how it works with coordinators, but I believe he still has the opportunity to decline the interview if he wanted to, as a, being a person that has seen that organization uh, once already on the coaching staff. Uh, but that's enough talk. We're going to get all into the offseason coaches and stuff like that later. Uh, and at the NFL, they find they they gave Tom Brady a warning. He, they did not find him, but they gave Tom Brady a warning for smashing that Microsoft service tablet. And so the next time there will be a fine, you know, some people are going to say if it was anyone, but Tom Brady, they would have been fine the first time, but it was Tom Brady. I do like that. He joked about it and he said, he didn't want to throw another interception. So he made sure it hit the ground. I did think that was quite a, a funny comeback from, from Tom Brady there, but those memes have been great. And I just had to give a shout out to uh, the NFL actually discipline and discipline. Well, I can't even say disciplining Tom Brady a little bit uh, for that tirade on the sideline um i saw it quickly flash on my screen during monday night football but i believe it was chauncey gardner johnson posted on uh twitter after that whole smashing tablet incident and said uh microsoft can you please give my friend tom a new tablet he broke his and had a picture of the broken tablet in tom's hand that was something also that was just kind of fun i believe he was the person that intercepted brady before he broke his tablet so yes that's true and people are going to say he's going to regret he was going to regret that uh that comment but until tom brady can beat the regular season saints uh he has all the right to talk smack uh our last bit of news though is definitely on the saturn note it broke right as we hit the record button uh but nfl legend there's no other way to describe it john madden uh passed away unexpectedly on tuesday he was 85 years old the legendary head coach the legendary broadcaster I mean, they made a video game after her all around legend, uh, you know, definitely a tough loss. They just released the doc, the little documentary about him on Christmas day. So definitely we're all sat out there for the NFL community. And we definitely want to send our th thoughts and prayers to the Madden family. Definitely. That was tough to see happen right before we hit the record button, because he's touched even this generation, younger generations in so many different ways because of his name being out there and everything that he's done for the media and beyond. Um, so yeah, definitely sad to see John Madden pass. We're thinking of him and his family and uh, go play an extra game of Madden tonight, just to uh, give a little bit of memory out there for John Madden. Absolutely. And they're going to replace some of his old coaching games on NFL network. You can check out the, the schedule online, uh, but we're going to, we're going to get to some more John Madden talk, but let's head over to quotes of the week. Quotes of the week this week, like Cody said, we'll start it off with John Madden in memory of him and uh, a quote that we found that we feel like fits with this fantasy season oh so well. And that is, quote, the road to easy street goes through the sewer. And I feel like with some of the players that have been playing so well in fantasy these past few weeks and these guys are like, I never even thought about rostering them and they're going and taking you to the fantasy championship. I think that quote just fits so well with what we're going through this season in fantasy and even in the NFL with dealing with all these COVID situations. Absolutely. And to take it a step further, definitely goes, you know, above just fantasy and, and to life. Sometimes you have to work a little bit harder. You can't take the easy, the easy road. Uh, and John Madden obviously did not do that with his career. He worked uh, in for everything that, he was able to earn in his lifetime. And like George, there's a lot of great quotes up there uh, that we had a lot of in contention. Um, the one I loved, it didn't really have, it was just, I've never taken a few bites of anything I liked as a 
someone who loves food, I definitely reflected a lot with that one. But there is a ton of John Madden <laughs> yeah. quotes out there that we could have could have picked from. He was definitely an inspiration, definitely a, a guy that people looked up to. People wanted to be broadcasters because because of him. People wanted to be head coaches because of him. So if you need some inspiration, by all means, open up Google, search John Madden quotes. There's a ton of good ones there. Uh, we'll pivot back to to football. The guys that are playing as of right now, he was on the list a couple weeks ago. Micah Parsons, you know, we talked about, he made some comments a couple weeks ago. He's back talking. The Cowboys won the division before the kickoff, and then they still end up putting up 56 points on the Washington football team. And he said, we're not alligators. We don't get paralyzed after we eat. Insinuating that they are still hungry. They're still ready to go. They need they need the Packers to lose a game and win to win out to get the number one seed so that they got to keep playing if they want to hold on to the, the number one seed. They have a tough matchup against the struggling Arizona Cardinals this week. Um, so according to Micah Parsons, the Cowboys are staying hungry. Yeah, and I feel like he's going to start being a mainstay on this uh, this segment because he's had a couple of good ones already. And here we are. That was that was good to hear as much as I am not a fan of the Cowboys. Michael Parsons will always have a soft spot in my heart. But we talked a little bit about Tom Brady. But why don't we talk about Tom Brady talking about Bill Belichick a little bit. So if you guys didn't hear earlier in the week, uh, Belichick, after his loss, had his press conference and a reporter decided to cut into the press conference and ask him if he had any New Year's resolutions. And as you know, Belichick is already a awful interview and doesn't want to talk about anything but what's in front of him and he simply said no not not that i want to share right now brady commenting on that reporter talking to belichick said i want to be as brave and crazy as she was asking belichick about new year's resolutions after a loss that's what i want for the new year yeah i mean i think everybody wants that braveness and be able to be (laughs) courageous like she was Props to her for, you know, still asking the question she wanted for her story. She didn't sugarcoat it. She just shot her shot. I know she's gotten some uh, criticism for it. You know, people saying, I can't believe she asked it, but good for her to, to do that. And I think this also inspires us that I think heading into the new year, maybe we should do on one of our upcoming episodes, some fantasy new year resolutions and actually think about some resolutions, what we want uh, moving forward. But again, that's coming up. You got to stay tuned because we'll be here throughout the offseason with you guys. Our last quote of the week is from one of my quickly becoming favorite players. That is Joe Burrow. And I hate to admit it, but I am becoming a huge fan of this Bengals team. And I hate it. My cousin, Chance, <laughs> loves the Bengals. And I always always made fun. And now I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get on the hype. Maybe it'll only be this year. Or not, but they they came out and routed the depleted Baltimore Ravens. And yes, the Baltimore Ravens were depleted. I talked about it on the Thursday show. Wink Markendale said uh, Jamar Chase isn't a re- top receiver like Devontae Adams. Don't need to put the gold jacket on Joe Burrow quite yet. Well, those guys must have took it hard, especially Joe Burrow. He said he didn't think the the comments were necessary. He put up over 500 yards, the fourth most passing yards in the NFL, and they went for the record. And, you know, they kept throwing the ball. And he's he was asked about it after the game. He said, this is the NFL. This isn't peewee. This isn't high school where you go out and run up a score. You play to the final whistle. And then followed up with, they did it to us last year. No sympathy from me. Joe Burrow has always been a guy known for his confidence. 
I love that he's going out there and owning it. This team was hyped about this game. Obviously took the comments from the Ravens to heart. You know, they haven't had much success in the past against the Ravens. They go out and sweep them this year. T. Higgins went off. I mean, everybody went off in that game. T. It Higgins was, is the person I was going to say. Like, we talked about they they kind of talked down Jamar Chase. I feel like T. Higgins took it to heart because he had a game of his career this week. Absolutely. I mean, t- Tyler Boyd had a big touchdown. I think Jamar Chase had a couple nice catches. Mighty going to found the end zone. Like, it was just a great game all around for – Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and had to give him some love uh, because he, I'm quickly becoming a huge Joe Burrow fan. I mean, I already like Joe Burrow, but respect for how he has helped turn this franchise around and they're, they're exciting. I'm on the hype train for the Bengals going into the playoffs too. We're going to see what happens here and we're going to see if this is sustainable for more of this one season, but a lot of excitement around Cincinnati right now. But we already talked about it. We we might have missed waivers, but I still think there's some guys out there you should look at. So why don't we jump into some waivers and streaming options for the Fantasy Championship? Now, guys, you can still check out my waiver wire column on thecouchgms.com. A lot of those guys that are on that column are still going to be mentioned in this segment as streamers because why else would you add anybody in Week 17 if you're not going to play them? So last week, there's no point in adding bench depth unless it is a handcuff for any kind of COVID situation or injury that might come up. I know, Cody, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Please go add your handcuffs this week. Right, and, and get get creative. Like, you don't need the extra rec- – like, I'm not saying deplete your whole bench, but if you're in a situation – if you have Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ron is still out there, go, go get, grab him. Even a guy like Ronald Jones, if he would somehow get COVID, go out and get Keyshawn Vaughn. Like, go out and get those type of guys. Not just your running back handcuffs, not just your your wide receiver, or not and not just your hand running back handcuffs. Get your wide receiver handcuffs as well. Uh, we talked, you know, like you mentioned it last week. Like you even said, if Tyreek Hill and them don't go, you feel like Brian Ping- Pringle is the guy that you want. He had two touchdowns. Like, <laughs> yeah, go out there and get your your guys for. You know, make sure you have KJ Osborne if you're the Justin Jefferson owner. Like Adam Thielen might be back, but you st- so Osborne might be be dropped this week. Make sure you're checking your waiver wires for those. So you know, keep you know your top three running backs, your top three or four wide receivers, and then after that, your bench is meaningless unless you're playing in the the weird week 18 fantasy last week of the season playoffs. Then you'll be doing this next week. But if you're in your championship matchup, it doesn't matter. You have go out the, if your if your opponent has had James Robinson go out and pick up the do, the big O I can't pronounce his name go out and get him Dare Ugimwale. <laughs> yeah, look at your opponent's roster. Go pick up guys that might help them as well as mm-hmm. sort of a keep away strategy. Like this is the time where you get creative with those extra spots on your rosters to make sure you have enough people on to help your team and then also help from preventing your opponent to get into a better situation uh so just a quick psa there but george let's go through each position with some of our favorite streamers uh for this week and i don't even know if our first guy will start at the quarterbacks is a streamer option i mean he's only like started in like 45 percent of leagues the quarterback eight on the season we just talked about him joe burrow is playing really well right now 
And before we get into the fantasy breakdown, did last week's performance put Joe Burrow in the MVP conversation? Oh. Yeah, see, I told you I, I was not Joe expecting question. that question. <laughs> Man, I didn't know what you were going to ask me, but I didn't think it was that. Um, well, I mean, when you consider, if you considered the front runner for MVP to be Jonathan Taylor, because there's not many quarterbacks that are having fantastic seasons. And Jonathan Taylor did not really have a fantastic week last week. He probably hurt his chances a little bit. Second in the MVP race, in my opinion, right now is probably Aaron Rodgers. He didn't really do anything to hurt, so he's probably up there in the lead now. But there's not really any other horses in the race that I am impressed with. So would you even want to consider Joe Burrow? Maybe. Man, You can still even say that the Bengals are not a fantastic team because they're still just coming out of this rebuild. And all of a sudden they become a legit playoff contender. Some team who was competing for the number one seed in the AFC for a while there in the middle of the season. Sure. Maybe I don't think he's going to win, but do I think he deserves a couple of votes? Maybe. Yeah. And I think, I think Joe Burrow has the, I think the two guys you mentioned, I think Aaron Rodgers, because it is quarterback ward is currently the front runner. I think Jonathan Taylor might not be as you know big or have a big as an impact this week now that Carson Wentz could potentially play. But if Jonathan Taylor came out and balled out without a Carson Wentz, if they were starting Sam Ellinger or Sam Ellinger still starts, I think that would be a big boost. And Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, they get the Kansas City Chiefs this week. That is a huge matchup. You go out there hand-for-hand hand deal with Patrick Mahomes, you pull off an upset. Joe Burrow, you know, if – Again, I, if you're a better, don't listen to my hot takes. Or I'm not terrible at betting, but <laughs> I might go out there and throw, you know, two dollars, five dollars on the Joe Burrow odds, just as like a, a super dark horse because he has Kansas City this week, Cleveland who has still a good defense, and they have to win at least one to uh, to clinch the division, and it's two tough matchups. So if he goes out there, especially if they beat the Chiefs, they win the division. They make the playoffs for a team that we didn't expect to be good. I think a lot of people had them getting a top five pick this year again. Like they were not, and now look where they're at. I think that speaks to what Zach Taylor has done, even though Bengals fans don't want to talk about it. Uh, but that is just a little tangent on the possibility of Joe Burrow being in the MVP race. But like I mentioned, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're 27th against quarterbacks. It's most like, I feel like every time we predict a shootout this year, it's been like a 2017 game. But this one feels like a shootout. There's a lot of weapons. Kelsey should be back. Tyree Kill will have the practice week. This game should be a, a ton of fun, worth watching. Surpro Thankfully, it wasn't flexed into prime time. The Packers kept the <laughs> Sunday night game. But still, this should be a great matchup. And I think Joe Burrow, if you're in one of the 55% of leagues that don't have him starting, uh, put him in your starting lineup. Now I'm somebody who's in is not in the playoffs anymore in our league of record, but I'm somebody who owns Joe Burrow and isn't starting him. So I'm just going to throw out the hypothetical for my team. So I'm sure there's other people that have this combination, Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's tough because the running backs are, you know, a, a cheat code in the NFL for sure. Uh, so Jalen Hurts would be up there. Like, let's put it this way. This might be an easier way to answer this. I think if you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Kyler Murray. Those guys are locks in your lineup, even if you have Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts is close because of his running ability. If Lamar Jackson would be back, he would be close because of his running ability. Outside of 
But outside of the big two, I think you can make a case. I would probably put him fifth on the list because of how important running is to fantasy football. But, you know, like st- saying you're going to play Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers in your fantasy playoffs sounds crazy. Saying you're going to play Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford in your fantasy championship sounds crazy. But those are the type of mo- – like I think you'd go out there and do it. Is he going to put up another 500-yard game? Uh, if he does, I mean, that'd be a miracle. But most likely not. It'd probably be like 300 300- and two 303 but they're gonna have to put up points to keep pace with the, the kansas city chiefs and i think he's a great play this week i could agree with you there i think that's a good range to have him in too um and i mean you're saying like oh it seems crazy over matthew stafford a lot of matthew stafford owners probably didn't make it to the fantasy championship he's another person that was on that team i was talking about earlier where i started james robinson and jonathan taylor so i just had a rough week all around um, I'm going to skip to my guy because I'm going to let you talk about your guy. There's two quarterbacks who have been kind of vying for most of this season and they're good streams this week. I'm going to start off with Tua. Tua did have a solid game. He's been hooking up with Jalen Waddle a lot more. Uh, played well on Monday Night Football. He comes into now a good matchup this week. So I have seen him being more owned in recent weeks, but people are still afraid to start him. He is still probably near that borderline, maybe like QB eight to QB 12 this week, but he's somebody who you cannot sleep on because the Dolphins have been throwing the ball at a much higher clip than we're used to them doing because their running backs have not been successful and they're a team on a seven game winning streak. So it's been working and two has been one of the more consistent quarterbacks of late in fantasy football. Yeah, I, I really do like the two of play. Uh, I also like that you brought up Jalen Waddle. That's a guy that. I feel like has been under the radar that's about to break Anquan Bolden's record for most receptions by a rookie. Uh, definitely a guy that's not being taught or hasn't been talking about as offensive rookie of the year because of how fast Jamar Chase exploded onto the screen, but definitely a guy that, you know, could end up taking home this award. Also shout out to the Dolphins for being the first team to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak in this same season and crawling way back into, into a current playoff spot at this current moment. Um, so two is another ad. I do want to apologize as I forgot to mention Josh Allen as a top guy that you definitely will be starting over Joe Burrow. That is still the case. I forgot his name off the top of my head. He is up there with the big three. So that would move Joe Burrow to six. Uh, again, I apologize. I'd play Joe Burrow over Russell Wilson. I, even though Russell Wilson's playing the Detroit lions, it seems like a ju- I'd still play Joe Burrow over Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has not been himself, but the guy I want to talk about, and this is only because a month ago, two months ago, it might have been at the beginning of the season. I told it was everybody, all three, actually. It probably was. I told you guys to go out there and get Trey Lance. And I said his championship matchup game is the Houston Texans. I don't know why I kept saying that, but it's coming to fruition. Trey Lance is playing the starting quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo injured his thumb against the Houston Texans. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to take all kinds of guts to roll out Trey Lance. He has, was inconsistent, hasn't been practicing. I mean, he's been practicing the last couple of weeks, but he was dealing with some injuries. It'll take a lot of guts, but it is the Houston Texans. I know they just scared you away by shutting down for the most of the game, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. I understand, but... 49ers are right in the playoffs. Think of it. He is a rushing quarterback. He is a guy that if you were willing to play Tyler Huntley last week, 
before he got COVID, you should be willing to play Trey Lance. You can, he's going to run the ball. He's a pretty good passer. There will be some inconsistencies. I understand, but I do think Trey Lance is a sneaky, solid play. Maybe you're just in the consolation bracket and you want to have a ton of fun. I'm telling you, we're going to have the most fun by playing Trey Lance. And I'll just say like Trey Lance compared to a lot of the guys that are on the waiver wire, I would want him by far. And maybe you're a team who's been struggling at quarterback and maybe you're a team who's relying on like a Tyler Huntley because of that whole situation. And now that's all gone. Like I like him much better than Carson Wentz if he goes, I like him much better than Derek Carr. I like him better than like the Matt Ryans and the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world. And those are a lot of the guys you're going to see available on your waiver wire. So I got if you a good, are quarterback I got, needy, go for it. I got another another yeah. streamer that you know missed last week, Taysom Hill or Trey Lance. Taysom Hill plays Carolina. Trey Lance plays Houston. Very I similar. would probably go bold and lean Trey Lance, but I think both are good plays because of their legs. Yeah, I'm going Trey Lance in that one too. I, I like that you brought up Ben Roethlisberger. He... Hasn't looked great. Baker Mayfield against the Steelers. That would be a tough one. You know, maybe maybe Kirk Cousins has been he's been better than we expected. So maybe Kirk Cousins over Trey Lance. But like that's like where we're we're talking. I th- feel like that's yep. the line uh, for quarterback. So those are some of our favorite quarterback options. George, why don't you kick us off with some of your favorite running back options? Uh, the first person on my list is somebody who is a little bit more owned, but he's still in the fifty percent in NFL.com leagues. Daryl Williams. So there might you might be in a league like we are where some people held on to Daryl Williams after the original CEH injury came back. He was still kind of relevant. Uh, Edward Zolaire injured his shoulder. He is out this week. Daryl Williams has proven to be a 20-point fantasy player when he is given that workload. And he's in a matchup we've been talking about where we think that it's going to be a shootout. Never hurts anybody if they're going to be putting up a lot of points on the scoreboard. So Daryl Williams is, I think, the top running back waiver this week. And there's still some other decent running back waivers out there, but I think Daryl Williams is the top. Yeah, I definitely like Daryl Williams uh, for this matchup as well. I think it's a great one. Uh, the next streamer option, you know, he's he's owned in about 70% of leagues, so he's hard to find uh, on your waiver wires, but he's actually only being started in 33.7% of leagues, and that is running back Sony Michelle. And now I'm going to tell you something, and you might want to sit down. In I'm the month of back. December, if I told you that Sonny Michelle had more rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor, you'd call me crazy. But that crazy. is the that is the truth. In the month of December, as of right now, Sonny Michelle has 423 yards leading the NFL. Jonathan Taylor is number two at 421. It's just two yards, but that's how good Sonny Michelle has been since Daryl Henderson has not been in the offense. Yes, I know Cam Akers might be coming back this week. They might get him a few touches. But Sony Michelle has been the guy. They have a pretty good matchup this week. This is more for the th- you know the thirty percent of people out there that's starting him. They understand why they're starting him. Now Daryl Henderson is definitely out. Like I mentioned, put Sony Michelle in your lineup. And if you're in thirty percent of the leagues that don't have this man rostered, go spend all your fab. Go make sure he is your number one priority and get Sony Michelle on your lineup or on your team and in your lineup. And for anybody who needs a little bit of an extra push because they're worried about Cam Akers, this man is six months removed from an Achilles injury. He is still beating the timeline. The only reason I think he would even be active for this game is because of the Henderson injury. 
And even with Henderson active last week, Sony Michelle had 27 carries. 27. They want to use him. Hey, that's where we're at. Don't forget, they gave up a second and a third round pick in this upcoming draft to acquire Sony Michelle. It's not like it's a guy off the street. It's a former first round pick. He has talent. They have the depleted Baltimore Ravens this week. So it's a guy that you should look for. He might I don't know how cheap he still is in daily fantasy, something you might want to look into as well. The last one on the list for the running backs is a is a two parter. It's mm-hmm. Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, which I'll let George talk a little bit more in depth. Uh, but I'm just going to say the reason that there's two people is because Jordan Howard is currently questionable with a stinger. I think George and I are both on the mindset that he's not going to play, but I'll let George break down these two running backs. Definitely. So we have to start off with Miles Sanders. We talked about earlier in the show, broke his hand. He is the one that is definitely out for this week. Jordan Howard dealing with a stinger. It is listed as a neck injury. Let me just preface this with, this is the exact same injury that forced him to miss six weeks of action last year. So, not saying it's as severe. We don't know if it's even the exact same injury, but Jordan Howard has missed significant time with a similar injury in the past. If he does go, the Eagles have shown they want to use a big-bodied running back. Jordan Howard would be the only one left on the roster if that is the case. If you find out he is going to be limited or inactive, the man to own is Boston Scott. Even though he is not the big body running back the Eagles want to use, they definitely shown that they have way more confidence in him than they do in Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell is going to get a couple of carries in that situation, but Boston Scott is not only the big play waiting to happen, but the guy who is going to get the 15 carries in that offense on a team that has been the most successful running the ball in the NFL this year. Yeah. Well, listen to that last word. Most success, successful to running against or running the ball, they play the Washington football team. A bottom tier run defense. And we just saw them give up fifty six points. But they brought their own benches. So that's 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 what counts. They brought that their ra- own benches two straight weeks to get beat. So that's fine. And they're bringing them again to <laughs> Well, are they home or Phil? No, they're remember. they're at home this time. They're at home this time. Yeah, they'll the bring their NFC- own benches back home. The whole NFC East <laughs> doing this, so we're gonna play this team, then this team, then back to this team, then back to this team. Has been confusing on where they're playing, but they're bringing their benches home. Oh, that's enough running back. I can't keep this this bit going. Let's talk some wide receivers here. And I'm going to talk about a guy that we were a little bit down on last week because we thought, you know, Jared Goff wasn't going to play. We didn't know how he would perform. But, man, this dude is putting up points. He has been consistent, and you should get him in your lineups. That is Amra St. Brown for the Detroit Lions. He is now going on three consecutive weeks with 11 or more targets. His fantasy production is only going up. As we speak, Jared Goff should be back this week. They get Seattle. It is a little it's a tougher defense than the Atlanta, but it's not a defense that, you know, you're worried about them locking them down. Detroit has proven they like to play teams close. Amra St. Brown is definitely a guy. Again, this is one of those guys that you can't believe you're gonna play in your fantasy championship, but you have to get past the name that they are a waiver wire and just go out there and put the best players forward. Man, I might sound stupid saying this. Hopefully you don't think it sounds stupid. Amra St. Brown is the Hunter Renfro for people that missed out on Hunter Renfro. It, it's, it really does feel that way. And it's another guy, like we mentioned it. I know Hunter Renfro has had a little bit of a, a dip in his, you know, you know, week 12 to week 14, like dominant performances, but he's still putting up top wide receiver options. It's another guy that you don't 
It's like, I'm playing Hunter Renfro in my championship matchup. Yes, you are. Absolutely. The same can be said about Amra St. Brown, a guy that has been, you know, beating his doubt. And it's a guy that, you know, you're going to seriously want to consider as a potential keeper. Like he could be your last round keeper mm-hmm. around 14, depending on where you maybe took a late round flyer on him. But this is a guy that you want to think about as a keeper moving forward as well. Definitely, because I think the Lions have to get better from where they're at already. And if he's already putting up these fantasy points, he could be a big part of that turnaround for that team. I'm going to move on to Odell Beckham. Now, I know Odell Beckham was a little bit more owned, but he is another guy who is not widely started right now. I'm going to let Cody try to find the number for me while I talk about him here. I get it. That wide receiver core is a little bit scary. He's not the top option. It's Cooper Cup. 38% started for Odell Beckham. He's not the top option. We got Cooper Cup there. We also got Van Jefferson, who Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson seem to be kind of in that 2A, 2B role. But it's a solid offense. I know they had a down week last week. But Odell Beckham is still a solid play. He's resurrected his career. He has made me, who has been out on Odell Beckham for three years, Think about starting him in my fantasy playoffs and now my fantasy championship. So if that's if you need anything more than this guy who has been talking bad about Odell Beckham for as long as you've probably known that I talk on a podcast saying to start Odell Beckham, I don't know what else you need. Yeah, and again, they're playing the Ravens this week. Depleted secondary. They hopefully get some guys back from COVID, but they were dealing with a lot more injuries than just COVID. And it seems like a part of the pitch to get Odell Beckham into LA was that they were going to feature him in the red zone. And they have done that. He has had four touchdowns already since he's been in LA. I believe that is the same amount or just like one or two under his amount of touchdowns. He had his whole time in Cleveland. Like they want to feature him in the red zone. They want to get him involved. They're throwing him fade routes. They are trying to get him involved. So again, he is owned in 87% of leagues. So he's, he's on a lot of people's benches, but it's time to move him off the bench into your starting lineup. This is a guy that has been putting up consistent points, the guy they like to feature in the end zone. Now, don't get me wrong. If for some reason, and when I say for some reason, you were like me, and you went full in on the no running back strategy, and you have Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and a Keenan Allen, or a Stephon Diggs with those three, or you have three you know, n- true number one options. I'm not saying force your way in there, but if you do what most people do and draft running backs, your flex option is always you know a debate between another running back or a wide receiver a guy you picked up off the waivers Odell Beckham shouldn't be looked at at the same light I know it's scary because he wasn't we've been down to him for so long but Odell Beckham is proving that he is still a a top tier talent in this league definitely I agree with you there and I would even think about Van Jefferson in some situations as well but I think Odell Beckham is the smarter play if you have a choice between the two, if you happen to be one of those leagues where Odell Beckham is not owned. Um, Cody, I'm going to let you talk about the last guy so I don't sound like a homer. Oh, man, I was preparing for tight ends already because I figured you would just talk about him. Nope. But that is wide receiver Devontae Smith for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is because we just talked about the possible injuries at running back. Now, granted, they're still gonna they're still the number one rushing team. They're going to use Boston Scott. They'll probably use Philip or uh, – not Philip. I don't know why I said Philip. Kenny Gainwell. If Jordan Howard can't go, Hurts will still get his rushing yards. You could see some end arounds to Devontae Smith. You could, but you'll also see him used in the passing game. He has been 
a guy that hasn't been, you know, over the top, you know, a guy that, you know, must start or a guy that has put up, you know, 20 points for X straight amount of weeks. He had a little bit of a down week last week. He still got a touchdown uh, to salvage his day, but it's a guy that he is building on that college connection with Jalen Hurts. It's the guy they're looking, he's going to, he catches, I mean, Jalen Rager doesn't, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. I, I'm, I, I feel bad. I for just call my, he made a really nice catch in the, on red zone. Jalen Rager did. So I apologize for saying that, but Devonte Smith is their go-to wide receiver. He doesn't see as many opportunities because they're such a run heavy team, but again, they play Washington. We just saw Washington get lit up against the Dallas Cowboys for 56 points. Yes. They're going to be hungry and want to show that they're not as bad as that. They're going to be missing some running backs. So they're going to want to, they might try to throw the ball more. So again, I'm not like, I would still play an Odell Beckham over Devonte Smith, but if you don't have Odell Beckham, Devonte Smith is a guy that you could put into your lineup. The biggest thing that I can say to try to soothe anybody who's worried about Devontae Smith is the biggest way the Eagles wide receivers are going to get their points is broken plays where Hertz is extending the play out of the pocket. I know of at least three plays from that game last week that Devontae Smith caught a pass with Hertz scrambling and trying to make something happen. One of them was even for a touchdown. So if he is going to work on that college connection with Jalen Hurts and be the guy who goes where Hurts wants him when he is trying to extend a play, that is even more value because that's where the Eagles wide receivers are going to get the most of their points. Yeah, and I was from an Eagles fan, but trust me, there's no bias why he thinks Devontae Smith is a good play this week. Moving on to tight ends, the hardest position in fantasy football this year to evaluate. So we only got two of them. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Gerald Everett. And if you streamed him week 13, there's probably no way you're putting him in your lineup after he put up negative points. But since then, he has been being a bigger part of the play action offense. They've been running the ball better. He has put up, he's been catching balls. He has touchdowns since two of the last games. He gets the Detroit Lions who are 23rd against the tight end. So this is another guy. He's on the dartboard. You know, he has a good matchup. He's been you know, promising the last couple of weeks, he's coming back from injury. He's getting more involved in the offense. I know it's going to be scary, but at the end of the day, there's two tight ends that you feel confident about playing. There's four other mm-hmm. tight ends that you should feel confident about playing, but you don't. And then the dartboard. And I think Gerald Everett is closer to the bullseye on the dartboard than some of the other guys. And the only other guy that we have on the dartboard that we think is also close to the bullseye is Hunter Henry. Part of that, is his matchup he is facing Jacksonville he has had some success in bad matchups but I think the biggest thing with Hunter Henry is you have to realize he is touchdown dependent when he scores touchdowns he scores at least 10 points sometimes he scores two touchdowns and scores 20 plus this might be one of those weeks you really don't know but I think he if you're going to play a touchdown dependent tight end Hunter Henry has to be at the top of your list because he has scored so many touchdowns because his matchup is prime. So I know he was even dropped in a bunch of leagues. He's only 62 and a half percent owned right now. Hunter Henry has to be near the top of that dartboard with a Gerald Everett. You cannot be hurt by the fact that he has only scored 20 or 10 or more points. One of his last five games, you just have to put your, you know, put yourself out there and hope that he scores a touchdown this week. And just use your brain and say, he has a good matchup. He is my best chance to score that touchdown instead of going out there and trying to get a Ricky Seals Jones and trying to get too cute. 
Yeah, I think Hunter, you know, we talked, you know, about being in down years. Hunter Henry is a current tight end number nine on the season and only rostered in 60% of leagues. That's how rough the tight end market has been all season long. But just, you know, People a guy that trade by, tight end, by tight ends. So you can go out there and get him. I do want to ask you one question. We don't have a third guy, um, but mm-hmm. Darren Waller is, you know, supposed to practice this week. He could come back. If he does play. Are you concerned at all? The tight end has been so bad. Are you just like, I feel for me personally, like if I Darren Waller comes back, I'm putting him in my lineup. If I lose with Darren Waller, I'd rather than lose with Darren Waller on my bench and he has a good game. Like I feel like that's where I'm at. How about you? So I think this is a good comparison to DeAndre Swift because you were talking about me to me about DeAndre Swift. Um, the running back position, even though it is a challenge, is much deeper than the tight end position. If you tell me you have two decent guys you got off the waiver wire the last few weeks to play running back, I don't know if I trust DeAndre Swift first game back from injury. I understand that. Unless you are a team that has Darren Waller and George Kittle or Darren Waller and Mark Andrews, which you probably don't, you cannot convince me that Darren Waller coming off of injury is any better than Gerald Everett or Hunter Henry. Like, I would rather put Darren Wall out there and have him score me those six points and say, well, I tried, rather than trying to get that touchdown-dependent dartboard tight end. Um, I would just live and die by Darren Waller and hope that if he does have a bust week, it just doesn't hurt you. Yeah, and I and I think I'm with you, too. And even if, you know, he only goes out there and gets six points and a guy like Jared Everett catches a touchdown and gets 12. Like, I feel like you're okay with it. You wanted Darren Waller mm-hmm. out there. I mean... You drafted I'm- Darren Waller to get you to this point it stinks that he was out for so long but and if you made you have it to, to give him you have to give that draft capital and that inconsistent position but he's a star that one shot to win you that title right i i agree and especially this i think you made a great point comparing it to the running backs it's because the market and the value of the position is so much lower than some of the other positions that you're willing to do it here where you might not be willing to do it with a guy like deandre swift uh, we got some defense i think yeah it, like like the floor for him coming off injury and the floor for Everett is so close, but the ceiling is here compared to up here. That's Correct. the big thing. Yep. That's, that's a great way to put mm-hmm. it as we transition into defenses. We'll go through these uh, pretty quickly. These are some guys. And honestly, we, t- we told you about this last week. We should have been looking at these guys a week ago for your waivers so that you didn't have to fight for them this week. Uh, but some of our favorite matchups, I'll kick it off. The Chicago Bears, they get the New York Giants, whether it will be Jake Jake Fromm or Mike Lennon, they, they all, overall, they looked rough. The The Giants haven't looked very good. I know there was some reports that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones will be back next year. They're going to give it another go, so that's something to keep an eye on. They're not – maybe they're, they take their foot off the gas a little bit. The Bears haven't been great, but they still have a decent defense. So I do like the Bears as a potential streaming option for your championship. Um, I think they're a little bit more owned, but if you want to go with a more confident team, the 49ers are a great play this week going up against Houston. I don't know if there's even too much to say here. Houston, yes, they did just have a great game against the Chargers, but we've seen plenty of times this season so far where Houston will put up this big game and then they're just going to go silent for three weeks. So Going up against already a top-tier defense in the 49ers, I have no doubt that they're going to have a solid fantasy week and there's someone should be in your fantasy lineup. 
I agree. And again, so George doesn't sound like a homer. I am going to give another shout out to the, the Eagles. Another defense that has been near the top. They locked down in the real life in the pass catching. I know they are only ranked 14th on the season, but they have come on a lot stronger as the season progressed. They get the Washington football team this week. So again, it's another good matchup. They probably aren't going to do the same output as the Dallas Cowboys did with the pick six, a pump block, but it's still a, a defense that you should feel pretty confident about going with. Definitely. Thank you for taking that one, Cody. And finally, I am going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. So I, if I can spell, I wanted to find a couple of numbers for you because I know the Seahawks are also not one of the more impressive defenses. I mean, they're 21st, but the matchup is just prime. They're playing against Detroit. I also get it. Detroit has been a little bit better as of late, but they're still pretty low on the uh, defense food chain. Even though they're going to get their points, they're going to turn the ball over as well. Maybe the Seahawks won't get you 15 points, but I think there's a solid chance they get you in that 8-10 to 10 range, and they're going to be a defense that doesn't hurt you, but doesn't help you either. No, I agree, and I think I like I like the Seahawks pick, and I also think I'm going to you know wrap this whole thing up by especially talking about defenses. If you have the New England Patriots or the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins, one of those top defenses that you've been riding with pretty much all season and your opponent has been streaming look at some of these options for your waivers or if they slip through the waivers to go out there and pick them up you know, they might want to they might pivot at the, the last minute and say you know i don't actually want to play you know the the new york giants defense or the chicago bears defense and when i can play the the seahawks defense against detroit like so Again, this is what we talked about at the top. If you have spots in your roster, which you most likely do because there's guys that are no, not even going to make your lineup this week and this should be your last week to play anybody, go out there and pick up three defenses to help prevent your opponent from getting them. You know, maybe a whole position group for one of these defenses. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm knocking on wood, knocking on your car. If the whole defensive line room would somehow get COVID on Friday for the Washington or for the Eagles, like, I like Antonio Gibson enough that I don't really want to play the Eagles defense anymore. So I want to be prepared. Defenses can win championships. I know I talked about it, my cousin Chance earlier. He lost a championship game, and he will not let me live this down because it happened against the Packers because the Arizona Cardinals put up 35 points championship weekend. It's rare. Defenses normally are, you know, 6 to 12. Like, you think over 12 is a good day. But sometimes these games come down to a defense. So make sure you have more than one on your lineup heading into the championship week. Yes. Attention to detail is key when it comes to trying to win a fantasy championship. This is a very complex game of chess that just gets even more complex when you're putting in situations of COVID situations of all these injuries, but I hope that we were helpful to all of you out there. And if you need any more advice personalized, please reach out to us with a direct message. Send us, a um, form on the couchgms.com post on our Twitter page. We want to help you win this week. We hope for as many couch GMs out there to get fantasy championships as possible. Absolutely. Tyler would tell you if this podcast is more fun for us if and more fun for you when you get involved So do what George said, but as always, thank you for listening to another episode of the couch GMs podcast. 
Yes, and for Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kerr, and we will see you all later in the week to break down every matchup from Week 17.